Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us or watching us, and however you're listening or watching to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Derek. Hope both of you are well and safe out there. Lots to cover. We're going to cover Aaron Rodgers. We're going to cover Russell Wilson. We're going to cover Carson Wentz. And we're going to transition to talk about a little wrestling on AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Just a whole quick mini recap, my little thoughts. And Brownsville Pitch, we're going to talk about the whole situation with Calvin Ridley. And with that all being said, let's just jump right in. Aaron Rodgers stays. And he's going to be, he's going to finish his career as a Green Bay Packer, in my opinion. The takeaways is, is that one, I felt it was a place of comfort. He felt comfortable there. He felt he had control of the situation. And we don't know the exact contract details, but if it's anything like him wanting to be the highest paid player, it's probably somewhere in that neighborhood of him wanting maybe 50 million a year, if that's what report was. We don't know the exact details, 100% sure. But here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers stayed because for two reasons. A, because he felt like he had more leverage with Green Bay. And B, and this is huge, I don't think they had a plan B at quarterback because I don't think there was a lot of confidence with Jordan Love moving forward. So as much of the reports that maybe Brian Gutenhurst was maybe tired of this whole saga, this doesn't so, but how confident were they should Aaron Rodgers have said, you know what, I want out. How comfortable, how confident are you that Jordan Love Given that, let's just say, Devontae Adams maybe would have still stayed. And with the talent that you had, and you went to the NFC, yeah, and you went to the playoffs, you went to the division round with Aaron Rodgers, could you get that far with Jordan Love with the same roster, more or less? And the answer is no. So as Aaron Rodgers knows that Aaron Rodgers loves to control the narrative. He loves to control the media. Will he or won't he? And ultimately, he stayed. Because he knew that, hey, Denver may have slightly better talent. We'll get to Denver and their move in a minute. But even but he stayed in a place where you're like, you know what? You know, if, if the contract is cap friendly, you know, like I said, Devontae Adams coming back on a franchise tag and maybe work on a long-term deal there. Maybe go out and get a piece here and a piece there. You're right back in the Super Bowl. But with Jordan Love, you're kind of like, even in the NFC North, you're kind of like, it knocks down their odds tremendously. That's how big of an impact Aaron Rodgers is, whether you like him or not. Because that, to me, is becomes the ultimate question, where you have to separate Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, from Aaron Rodgers, the, the person. Because they're two different people in this regard. It's just like, you know, they're the same, but they're different. See, Aaron Rodgers was cool when he didn't speak out. He was fine. He was cool. He laid back. But when he started opening up his mind, it angered people. And everybody has a right to their opinion. I always said on this show and any other show, everybody has a right to their opinion. Even if you disagree with it, it's still their opinion. Now, with that being said, does his off the field stuff did not impact his play on the field because he won MVP. So a lot of it did impact the locker room. It felt, you know, for comments when you, when you hear the locker room people who were actually there playing with them, you didn't get that vibe that it kind of impacted them 
And only people who were really worried about the impact were people like us, people in the media. You know, I write, you know, I write for Sports Key to Football, and we talked about certain players. They were okay with that. They were okay with it because Aaron is Aaron. He was able to leave that at the door. But some people feel like you take it in the door with you. And but for Aaron Rodgers, he, he listen, back-to-back MVP, four MVPs. You know, he's t- you know, he's one away from tying paid man to have the most all time. So the question becomes, what's Aaron Rodgers' legacy? He's gonna finish his career in Green Bay. Now, 17 years you get to one Super Bowl. Interesting. But when you're a guy like Tom Brady and you play 22 years and you've been to how many? 10? Tom Brady was playing in the Super Bowl at least every other year. If you kind of kind of do the average, give or take. That was his, that was his career. And let's be clear, you cannot compare Tom Brady to anybody in the NFL. You can't. Because Tom Brady's his own quarterback. And I think we got to stop doing it. When people talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you could compare them in this regard, a piece that I wrote about. You could compare the situations that they faced when they were, they were successors drafted. You know, the organizations, listen, New England drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round to kind of supplant the then 37-year-old Tom Brady. And then Aaron Rodgers, you know, Jordan Love drafted his successor back in 2020, you know, when he was 36, I believe. So, but you look what they did after they drafted them. Rodgers back to making MVPs. Brady's been to five Super Bowls. He's got two. He had two more after that. That's where you only compare. That's where the comparison stops and ends. It's that they were successful after they had, their careers were more successful after those the successors never really got a chance to take the field full time. Like Garoppolo started a couple of games with Brady and hold that whole deflate gate thing. He started a couple of games. Jordan Love started the one game when Rodgers had COVID. They really didn't see the field. Jordan Love didn't see the field at all in 2020. Like I say, last season, he saw it once with Aaron Rodgers and COVID. So that's where the comparison stops and ends. In that they drafted their, these organizations drafted their successors. Like, okay, well, they're done. And then they went out to outplay their successors. So that's where the comparison stops and ends there with Tom Brady and anybody else and Aaron Rodgers. But going back to Aaron Rodgers, here, here's the takeaway. How do you define a legacy? How do you define someone's career? If it's Super Bowls, then Terry Bradshaw has four. Drakeman has three. Do When we have those conversations, and I, and I ask people this, for those quarterbacks who have multiple Super Bowls, are they in your top 10 or 15 all the time? The bigger Terry Bradshaw or Troy Gman in your top in your top 15. I asked that question because that will let me know that if you say it does and they are, okay, cool. But they're kind of bordering there because stats matter, numbers matter. And like John Elway is the perfect example of this. And here's why. John Elway was losing Super Bowls of the Super Bowls. He didn't win his last two Super Bowls until the back of the last two years in the league. Okay, so think about that. And that significantly helped his legacy. Because he would have been the guy, oh, he didn't win a ring. 
it helped Steve Young. Because Steve Young kind of had the numbers, didn't have the ring. And here's the thing, Dan Marino had the numbers, but not the ring. But did, Marino's numbers were so good, it, it made you kind of forget he didn't have a ring. Like he was so dominant, one of the more dominant quarterbacks in his era. And that's my point. When I look at someone like, how dominant were you in the era that you played against your peers? This is why I say Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Because think about this. He played against, you know, the Eli Mannings, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Tom Brady's. You know, I guess if you want to throw your reason there, okay. But how did you fare against your competitors and your peers? Aaron Rodgers has four MVPs. Pretty good. Now, people say it's individual. Yeah, listen, you can, you can separate individual stats from team stats. Because let's be clear, Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose a lot of games. Like, listen, that, he isn't, you know, he's had bad games. Every quarterback does. But I always say this. I define a career, and you should always define a career, whether it's football, baseball, any sport, or even your life. You define it by, not by the awards or the championships, but the impact that you had in your profession that you did. Aaron Rodgers has impacted the league. Think about that. The way he plays, he's one of the more talented guys to ever play the game. Ever. Like, did I say all time? That's a conversation for another day. But my overriding point is Aaron Rodgers' career He's, he's the first battle hall of famer because if I think Eli is the first, listen, I guess I'm going all in. Eli May is the first battle. And I think maybe that first, but he's the hall of fame. Roethlisberger, whether you like, listen, I can go on all about that, but he's a hall. Of fame. But Aaron Rodgers career, he has to get to at least one Super Bowl to kind of be like, I can get back from the Super Bowl. Because if he doesn't, it doesn't hinder his legacy. But it would kind of silence some people. If he can lead a team back to the Super Bowl, it would silence some people, in my opinion. Speaking of silencing some people, it was awfully quiet. You know, you know, after the whole Aaron Rodgers deal, everything, and then boom, Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Immediate takeaway, it it changes, it shifts the dynamic in the AFC. Because now, think about this. It's going to be Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year. We're going to get Justin Herbert. We're going to, you know, Derek, we're going to get great quarterbacks. You know, Derek Carr, we're going to get quarterbacks. We're going to get solid quarterbacks at least twice a year facing one another. And as for Seattle, Seattle made the move because I believe the reports were true that I think Russ, Russ kind of wanted out. Now, whether you believe that Denver had him on the target in that, I believe that he was playing big. Like George Pack can tell you, oh, we've always had, you know, but I don't necessarily, because the price tag, you know, the price tag, maybe that's the argument. I'm not saying Russell was significantly cheaper, but what does it say? It tells me that Seattle, was ready to move on and rebuild. They're rebuilding now. They got two first round picks. They got a couple of seconds. You get three starters coming in. People say, oh, well, Seattle just lost this trade. They got hoodwinked. Yeah, but 
they're getting a quarterback they're getting they're getting starters they need players because historically draft wise hasn't been great they have not drafted great which is why russell wilson wanted out because remember when they drafted rashad penny in the first round when everyone was looking around like did anybody have a first round grade on rashad penny did you did you nobody draft decisions like that bruce Irvin, like certain draft decisions russ is not the type of guy to go to the media and say ah man we really screwed up he was a team player and for anybody in seattle who's knocking russell wilson today shame on you he got you two super bowls took you to two super bowls you want to talk about aaron Rodgers all you want at least russell wilson's won one and been to another and he could have had two if it would have ran the ball but i don't want to rekindle those flames because people would throw up 20 to 3 to me the falcon fan so my point and my takeaway is the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson has not just one, but two great receivers now in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. He gets the more, he gets talent now. George Patton is building this great talent. So now you are able to give, give away picks because now you can get some guys. You can get some guys. And it puts Denver back in the conversation because a, whether you want to believe it or not, it changes the needle where it's like Patrick Mahomes is, is great. He's the best quarterback in the division and Russell Wilson's right there too. But the bigger question is, and the penultimate question becomes, does Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl in the Rockos? And I say, look, yes, I do because Russ needed to get out of Seattle. He needed to go to a place where there was talented players. I'm not knocking those in Seattle. That's on the front office. But at the end of the day, he had to get out of that situation. And he's got a coach in it, Daniel Hackett, can help him. And he gets an offensive line. They may have got to improve it in the draft, maybe trying free agency. But let's not pretend that Russell wasn't a screw-up. Because what still irks me is that this man has not got an MVP vote. I don't want to get, and this man has won, Super, has won a Super Bowl. And this man has been to two Super He's been to another. It, listen, stats matter. But, Aaron, you know, for the sake of, like, we could talk about Aaron Rodgers. That offensive line in Seattle was horrible. Aaron Rodgers had it better than Russell Wilson in a lot of capacities. If we, if we really want to go there. We could not, oh, oh, Green Bay. No, Seattle did Russell Wilson a disservice, and they know that. So then I think everybody kind of went into the situation. It may not look like the trade package that Seattle got. You know, it may not look great, but it's the future, which is why Pete Carroll, as far as this is his last year in Seattle, if he's not out before then, and you move on and you rebuild. John Snyder knows it. Pete Carroll knows it. Everybody in Seattle knows it. Seattle fans know it. So I think everybody, when that's for Denver, it's going to be a lot of great games. A couple of, couple of Monday night football games, quite possibly. So we shift from talking about two, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And we talk about Carson Wentz. And if you're Washington, Washington feels like the biggest loser in all of this because 
you know, they give up a couple of third round picks for him, which, okay. But what does this say about Indianapolis? For them to essentially say, we're done. This was out of the fact that, listen, that first round pick it was with Philly. It was more about Indianapolis not getting really, not getting an excellent ROI from, for Carson Wentz in the deal they made. So now, if you're Washington, Carson Wentz versus Taylor Heineke, because here's the thing, if, if Carson Wentz cannot beat out Taylor Heineke, that's all you need to know about Carson Wentz. Secondly, if you're Indianapolis, do you look in the draft? Do you go out in free agency? And what's interesting is, is that Jacob Eason, a lot of things can go, but if you're, if you're Ron Rivera right now, like you have a situation where if you feel like you're a quarterback away and you really didn't have to give up that much, like if, if you want to kind of find the, how can I phrase it? The moral victory, I guess, in all of this, that you didn't have to give up multiple first round picks, multiple second, you didn't have to give up a package to get, you didn't have to give up a whole lot to get Carson Wentz because the market was not with it. Like the third round picks, maybe four, that was the Carson Wentz market and you're willing to pay. So now it becomes interesting when you look at the Washington commanders now, it is that if Carson Wentz doesn't work out there, where else can you work out? Because at the end of the day, I could sit there and take, listen, with the 2017, he was on an MVP pace, pace till he got hurt. And he was never the same quarterback since. Some people just aren't the same. After they get hurt, you're simply not the same player. And that's not a knock on, knock on Carson Wentz, but you're just simply not the same player. So it's a lot of quarterback moves. Like I say, Rodgers staying put, Russ heading to the Mile High City, Carson heading to the, to the nation's capital. Lots of movement going on there. And speaking of movement, we're talking about wrestling. Before we get to wrestling, the shout out and say that, listen, you can listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports and the World Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast, and you can watch it here now, as you're looking at me now, here on YouTube, here on the channel. So and if you like it, be on the lookout for some March Madness stuff coming around the corner as well. So, and follow me on social media, at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter, at Ladares double underscore Brown on Instagram, follow the Facebook page for the podcast, polls, questions, send in your questions to the show. If you have any, drop them on my social medias and go to at Sports the World as well on Twitter and drop those as well, just as much as at Ladares underscore Brown Twitter as well. Let's talk about wrestling. Now, as you can see, I don't know if you can see, but I'm wearing my Becky Lynch, the man shirt. And, and I'm talking about AEW. So I'm not trying to, not trying to cross streams here. But my, I'm not going to go into an in-depth thing about AEW because that's for people by far more qualified than I am. You know, like, like I said, I'll work in the black like, work, with, you know, with Steph and Steph, my friend Stephanie Heights. You know, and Steve, you know, do great work over there. Check them out. You know, I might drop the link in the description below. They do excellent, excellent work over there. So a couple of takeaways. You know, there were like 11 matches. I'm not going to cover all 11. But the takeaways is, is simply this. 
I'm really curious now to see who dethrones Dr. Britt Baker now, because I was really geared up for it to be Thunder Rosa, because I love Thunder Rosa. But now, where do they go? So, you know, Rosa's going to fight legit Layla Hirsch, who, def you know, who defeated Statlin. So I want to curious to see where that goes. <sighs> you know, AEW, you know, Dynamite. You know, and listen, Jade Cargill, let me tell you something, folks. That's a main event. Holding that TV, this is why I want WWE to look, you know, I'm not saying stealing, but this is why you need a mid-card belt, a Jade Cargill. Imagine a mid-card belt in WWE on a Liv Morgan. And I talked about this on a previous episode, last episode, where you put a mid-card belt, put a mid-card belt in your contention, you got something. You got something. Because look at Jade Cargill. Imagine if that belt didn't exist. Jade Cargill would be still fighting against Thunder Rosa. She'd be fighting against Ty Conaty. And she'd be fighting against Ruby So, a whole bunch of people. But when you're fighting, when you, have the, when you have that TBS title, what are you doing? What you're doing, you're creating a whole new pool of women to compete for that belt on top of not to intercede with the women competing to dethrone Dr. Britt Baker. But Jade Cargill is so dominant. It's so dominant. I don't know who's going to dethrone her. I like watching Jade Cargill every week personally. She's different. And she gets she gets it. The fans love her. I love her. Shout out to Jay Cargill. So I'm going to be curious to see how they work that out. Great match defeated Ty Conte to retain her title. Curious to see how that works out. Great tag team match with you know Jurassic Express. You know retaining. It's just, I, I really like the show. They got Swerve. You know, I, I just really like. I said I may need to go on another wrestling show to go deep into it. So if you're listening to other wrestling shows. Book your boy. But from, from wrestling, <laughs> we transition back to football. Before we get into football, just a reminder, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your morning, your afternoon, or your evening to listen and watch. You have no idea the work that it, it really, the work put in, it really feels rewarding to know that someone's watching and listening. It means the absolute world to me. So in Brown's big picture, it's going to get personal slash, you know, and hopefully informal. Like, if you haven't heard by now, listen, Calvin Ridley suspended for the 2022 season for betting, for betting on the team. And let's just say he bet less and lost more, which ain't good in gambling. It ain't good in life. But the takeaway is the suspension. And I understand you want to be firm and you're trying to send a message. I get it, Roger Goodell, I get it. But when we wanted you to send a message, you failed, not once, but twice. The whole incident with Ray Rice, that suspension was initially two games. The same footage where he was his, his girlfriend at the time before they got married, I believe. And we saw him assaulting her physically. And what did you do? That was two games. And then you saw, like, oh, you heard the outrage. Oh, yeah, the whole season. You can't do that, pal. Double Jeopardy. You can't do that. And then the whole thing with Greg Hardy, 10 games. Okay. That's justice. Then he appeals and gets four games. Now, 
I'm not saying that gambling is I'm not condone. Listen, they make it clear and they post it. You're a player, don't gamble. So he should be punished. He should be punished. But for those who say, oh, well, domestic violence is not gambling, stop it. You know why those suspensions were awful? Because women are football fans too. And don't you think that women spend just as much money as someone like me, who looks like me, of the same gender as me, they spend the same amount of money as I do. They're just as much invested in their team. So that's a slap in the face to women. And that does impact. Just, you know, I'm not saying just much as gambling, but it does have impact. So when people say, oh, well, domestic, like, stop it. Oh, well, gambling affects the game. Yeah, okay, stop. Because I get what you're saying, but it does not change the fact that what you're doing is minimizing the fan base that women have. Who do you think buys, who do you think controls the money in a lot of these things? Sometimes the women are. So they buy the tickets, they're fans. They go to these games, they, they're tailgating. There are a lot of women who love football I follow on Twitter, okay? They love the game. But when it came to Greg Hardy, it came to Ray Rice, the game didn't love them back. And the game slapped, the, the game hurt them by not punishing them. So when you tell someone, oh, well, gambling is, okay, we get it. But you're going to get rid of a guy for 17 games when you barely want to give Greg Hardy, it went from 10 to 4, Ray Rice initially 2, then you give him the ban. The one thing with Josh Brown, the former Giants, what's the message you're sending about punishment? Is that I don't want to hear that one affects more than the other. The whole thing, listen, I, I, I simply just don't want to hear it. Because at the end of the day, Calvin really knew he messed up big time. Should he have been punished? Yes. The whole season? Huh. Listen, he should. I, I, I'd be okay with 10 games. The same thing you want to give Greg Hardy. But then here's the thing. You knock that down once again to four. And he's up there playing, having a career. So don't say that, the, oh, the suspensions are the two different crimes. No, stop it. When people say, oh, well, Ain't nobody trying to treat Calvin Ridley like the victim. He messed up. He messed up, and he knows he messed up. But is it worth the whole season when Greg Hardy was still able to play? Ray Rice, if it were up to Cadell, he would have still been playing? Like, stop it. Like, don't change the narrative. Women are football fans, too. And by you punishing them the way that you did, you, didn't, you don't support it. That's something to think about. So on that note, thank you for listening and watching to this episode of the Sports in the World podcast. Once again, check us out on social media at Sports in the World on Twitter and Twitter. You know, check me on check me out on Twitter at Larry underscore Brown, Instagram at Larry underscore Brown. Check out the podcast at Sports in the World on Twitter as well. Go to Facebook and you can listen to this episode, every episode of the Sports in the World podcast on Apple, Twitter, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and here on YouTube, or and maybe you want it somewhere else. Let me know where. But until 
I see and hear you again. I'm Adarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast.